Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, I'm Clive Anderson. Welcome to My Seven Wonders. In ancient times, hanging gardens, great pyramids and other superstructures were celebrated as wonders of the world. And like Days of the Week and Deadly Sins, there were always seven of them. More recent selections of Magnificent Sevens have included man-made marvels such as Machu Picchu, the Taj Mahal, or wonders of nature like the Great Barrier Reef. But what are the seven wonders you would put on your personal list? Well, that's the question I ask my guests in this podcast. And the guest I'm asking today is the stage and screen actor and director, Barry Rutter, OBE. Apart from roles in other people's productions, in 1992, Barry founded the Northern Broadsides Theatre Company and was its artistic director until 2018. So that's more than 25 years staging classical and modern plays in Northern Voices in Halifax and the north of England, as well as further south as well. So, Barry, setting, uh, setting up and running a company like that reveals your entrepreneurial side, perhaps like an old-time actor-manager such as Donald Wolfitt. Uh, and in 2009, you persuaded the comedian Lenny Henry to take on the challenging role of Othello in your production of Shakespeare's Great Tragedy. But let's go back to the being. What persuaded you to go, go into theatre in the first place? I had um, boundless energy at school, at my grammar school. Hmm. Um, I had a... For reasons which are, are nothing um, um, uh, bad in terms of individuals, I had a very unhappy home. Right. It was, it was just the circumstances. So when I got to grammar school, with all of its activities, with all of its clubs, I was just, I was let loose. Yeah. Uh, you were happy to be at school. Doing I was everything. happy to be yeah. at school, and I stayed at school in every club that I could in order not to get home too quick. <laughs> Eventually, the English teacher said, you've got a big gob in class, put it to use in the school play. Yes. And I said, sir, I'm busy. I've got fit, football, cricket, rugby, whatever it was. Yeah. Eventually I got on a stage and I just loved it. Yeah. And I found myself uh, at home on a stage. I don't mean, I'm not talking about talent. That's up to other people. But I was comfortable. I yeah. could handle props. I could find every single one of the eight lamps that was available yeah. in, in the late 50s in, <laughs> in a grammar school, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so I had a, a natural acumen for the stage. I think... Talent, if it comes, it, that comes later. But I was at home. All right. So, but but at home, this was this was Hull, and uh, it, so yeah. if you hadn't gone to stage, might you've gone into the fishing industry? Well, was that still booming in those days? It was booming. You know, Hull was the biggest whitefish port in the whole world, mm. and my dad worked on fish stock. He didn't want me to go on fish stock. No, um, he wanted me to be a marine engineer on big boats on merchant ships. Yeah. but I was no good at physics. I really wasn't any good at <laughs> physics. But he supported me. Once Once my sort of uh, stage career at school and then National Youth Theatre and then A-Level and then Ideas of College, he supported me all the way through. All right. Well, perhaps some of that will emerge as well in, in your various wonders because your first wonder, um, you, you've given sort of little, not, not an essay exactly, but a little, little instructions for me, I suppose, in the what we should uh, talk about. So you've gone with language. 
the happy accident of being born English in Yorkshire, but we're going to, but it's going to go on to ancient Greece or ancient Greek and also Tony Harrison. So there's there's a lot in this wonder. Can... There is a lot in this wonder, and it is the happy accident of being born English first, British. Uh, with our English language, I suppose. And it was Tony Harrison, the poet, the Leeds poet, um, who taught me the dignity of my own voice and really gave me the, the the kernel of the idea for later on to form my own company. Yorkshire and the short-voweled sounds yeah. of the North are the nearest to ancient Greek uh, that we can get. Now, that comes uh, that's all involved in the mask. And Tony Harrison spent 10 years translating and uh, finding his version of the Oresteia, and we performed it in masks at the National Theatre. And even to this day, there are scholars that say the masks were used for amplification. That's utter rubbish. The masks needed and demanded short vowels. Right. You say bath, laugh and grass in a mask. If you say bath and laugh and grass, you simply shake the mask. Yeah. And that's why he wrote it for his language, for the language that he used at home, super poetic and uh, in translating the Greeks. And that that was my great sort of springboard into the classical world of practice that I moved into. I make no claims for being a classical scholar whatsoever, but I've got classical uh, uh, balloons and germs and maggots, as uh, John Foles called them, a maggot of an idea. I've got little maggots of classical within me because of the practice. On a stage. Well, well, that I mean leads us to how how was uh, drama theatre developed in in ancient Greece in that extraordinary way? Uh, so did it come out of nothing? Uh, it came out. It, came, it was it was always religious. Mm. It was a religious ceremony. Yeah. I mean, the big uh, period of Dionysus was in April because it was too hot in the later summer. Yeah. That's why. Um, if you go to the theatre of Dionysus now, underneath the Acropolis, you'll find the little holes in the judges' seats. They were for the umbrellas. Yes. Uh, and Tony Harrison suggested that once or twice uh, a, a relief could have been had through the hole yeah. by one of the judges who had to sit through four hours of Aeschylus. So, it was long term. So you, have you performed there? on the, the... Not, not in the, not in the uh, Dionysus. I've, I've uh, performed on the Lycabettus, which is the hill opposite, um, opposite the um, Acropolis, and in Delphi in Greece. I've performed uh, often at the Delphi Festival. And what do you perform in Greek or in Yorkshire? We use uh, which are similar, obviously. Well, <laughs> similar, but we performed in Yorkshire. Written the trackers of Oxyrinkers was written again for a bunch of clog dancing Northerners, yeah. and we had I had a lot of ancient Greek within it, which yeah. he learned, which he taught me, and I learned and got all the all the ghosts of the past mm. to come up through the spirit of the Satyrs. So we've we've gone quite a big step from agreeing to be in the school production at, at grammar school to uh, you know national theatre in in london or on a on a an outside stage in greece so yeah. so you've you've covered the territory in your performing and indeed directing yes i have and uh, it, it it never fails to uh, amaze me just how enjoyable all of that physical uh, nature of theatre is yeah. um, i've always enjoyed it uh, sometimes too much in terms of critics, oh, aren't they loud? You can read written in capitals. Yes, I'm loud because I want every bugger to hear it. <laughs> you know, the, uh, someone asked me, what do you want on your gravestone? I said, they heard me at the back. Yes. 
Well, they certainly do that. <laughs> uh, because as the fates having uh, contrived, we, you and I have been in a play together uh, ah. at the time of this recording, which uh, is rather unpredictably, because I don't do very many plays, uh, but to be performing with you is quite an extraordinary experience. And very fine you are. And people can... Hit. The back isn't too far back in the theatre we're performing, but they can certainly hear you. Well, that's... <laughs> and, uh, and I hope me as well. <laughs> yeah, we, we, yeah, we can. It's my big fear, not being heard. It's my, it's my, it remains my biggest fear. Yeah. Oh, well, I think, I, I think you don't need to worry too much about that. But you mentioned Tony Harrison along the way, so you've yep. worked with him a lot. You're a friend of his, obviously. I'm a friend of his, uh, and... Um, he, he, you know, he, he really did teach me the dignity and the sound, the dignity of the sound of my own voice. He said, I spent 10 years working for voices like yours. Mm. He did the mysteries at the National, which I was in in the early 80s. Yeah. Um, a, a play on television called The Big H, all, all set in Leeds uh, about Herod. Mm. Um, and the trackers of Oxyrinkers, which he wrote based on the discovery in 1907 of a third of a play by Sophocles, in the sands of Oxyrhynchus in Egypt. Yeah. And he, he, he finished made, it off. <laughs> he, he, well, he made a whole play out. Yeah. He put a beginning, used the middle, translated the Sophocles, and put a modern ending on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, uh, so that must be uh, exciting working with somebody like that, a, a, a living, polymath like that. Yeah. A living poet in the room. Yeah. yeah. He'll, say, he'll say, oh, I don't like that couplet, change it. There you are, there's the yes. new one. You know, that's wonderful. Yeah, great. Uh, but what about the, the voice you're talking about, though? Do you think the. Not not just the Yorkshire accent, but the various accents of the British Isles. Are, many of them are underrepresented, or certainly were, in in theatre, film, yeah, you know, everything. I do, um, and and they're all to be celebrated. It's it's amazing the richness mm. of sounds and voices. Uh, I just happen to be born uh, in in an area which has short vowels and and good granite limestone yeah. Yorkshire grit consonants. Um, it. it, it I, I, it's a happy accident. If you're on the other side of the Pennines, you'd have had a, you know, I don't know, Lancashire accent, perhaps cheerier, very good for comedy. Very, and, very, yeah. very good for comedy and uh, slightly more musical and uh, more diphthongs than, yeah. than, than we have in, uh, in, in Yorkshire, but uh, equally, equally charming. All right, so, uh, so we've, we've started to, with uh, a happy accident being born in Yorkshire and, and, and Hull in particular. Do you think that, that link with the sea and with the fish and the... And the I don't know the, the the challenging nature of the work that's going on there. Did that help as well? It it, it may it may have done, but as a as a sort of form of osmosis through rather than a, any deliberate sort of um, yeah. um, uh, attachment. And it's very interesting. All you know, all is a very flat uh, language. It's a very flat area. Yeah. You know, when you when you do your uh, car test, uh, you have to find a man-made flyover to do your hill start. <laughs> I mean, that's how flat it yes. is. And the language represents that. Yeah, uh, you know, you read Larkin. Although Larkin's born in Coventry, he has a flatness of his language, which is wonderful that you don't get with Armitage yeah. or with Ted Hughes yeah. or with Blake Morrison or with uh, or with Tony Harrison, who were all West Riding. So, so Larkin adopted a, a flat tone when he I, went there. So I think he, he wrote in a flat tone. It's, yeah. I, I, Ted Hughes once said to me, "My tuning fork is in the Calder Valley." Yeah, and when you read Ted Hughes's poems, you know exactly what he means by that. When you read Larkin, you can see the flatness of the Humber mm. uh, and, and the flatness of that area of the East Riding. Yeah. And is it sort of remote as well, Hull, in the sense it's, uh, I think some of cruelly say you only, you go to Hull if you're going to Hull. You don't go there for any other reason. You're not on the way to anywhere else. <laughs> no, um, a, a man of Hull, a Hullensian, said it's on the right wing of England waiting for a pass. 
<laughs> and they thought the Humber Bridge was going to be the pass, but oh, of right. course they didn't. Oh, I know that but, position uh, from my school days. But it's a great, yeah. it's a great, it's no hinterland, you see. Mm. It, it is a sort, it is a maritime um, uh, uh, heritage, and there's no hinterland whatsoever All to right. speak of. Well, well, I've sum, if I could summarise your your first wonder, it could be just it, it not just, but it could be Hull because that's the that's the vital that's link the vital, between all those things. Link. But but it happens to link to to ancient Greek and Tony Harrison and everything else. Yeah, that's not too stretched. No, 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 that's that's good. But <laughs> Hull's position facing Europe across the North Sea meant it quickly developed as a port. What happened was that woolen exports went out that way, and timber, oil, linen, spices. So your next wonder, uh, which you've described the bravest event you've ever witnessed. So tell us what the bravest event you've ever witnessed was. Well, it, it, it might be tearful here. I'm sorry about that. Mm. Um, my dear ex-wife gave birth to our son in 1984 and her waters broke early, about fortnight early. She said, Baz, my waters are broke. What? Yeah. And to get to Leamington Spa um, um, Hospital... I was on vapors. I knew I was running on vapors. Yeah. I hadn't filled the car. Why me? It was in a. It was going to happen in three weeks' time, and this, our son was breech. Yeah. Now, when you breach, it's a different. Um, it's a different delivery room. Yeah. The, 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 the consultants called in. The, 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 and luckily, they let me stay in. So I was holding her hand. She didn't have any drugs. The team were there to knock her out if necessary and give her cesarean. Uh, the doctor sat right in front of the birth channel on a stool with a sort of apron in front to catch the baby as it came out. So uh, breach in breach. case people don't know, it's, uh, it's, it's coming out the wrong way. It's, it's coming out of head, the wrong way. Head first is the ideal way to come out. The, the baby, ideal. You can and, have a and, choice. And this baby is posterior. Yeah. His bum was coming out uh, first. Um, and there were about 11 people in the room. Yeah. And, and Carol was simply, simply magnificent through all of that. And the consultant was, uh, you know, well done, mum, well done, team. He was, he was yeah. very, very uh, grateful. Uh, the, the, the sort of uh, begets that uh, hopefully is interesting as the book of Genesis mm. that come from that is that Harry died a cot death yeah. uh, um, 14 weeks later. Yeah. And we were going to stop there, uh, two children, but we went on to have another child and we had another daughter, Rowan who has just recently given birth to her own son. Yes. So that is the sort of journey from Carol's bravery mm. to the new grandson, who is the first male rutter since me. Yes. Um, so that's why. So in that sense, you've come, it, to, a come to a good place. It's a wonder. Yeah, it's yeah. a wonder. But, yeah. but, uh, but it was the, the, the bravery of, of her. Yes. And, of, and, uh, uh, and that's an, it's a very interesting selection because you, you mentioned she, she's an ex-wife now. I think you're, still, you're on good Good terms with her. But, Very good uh, terms. But uh, that memory goes back many years. Of, yeah, uh, it's, um, a, it's a seminal uh, yeah. moment in our, in uh, in our lives. And did you feel, as the you know, the husband and father, rather useless in that moment, or were you were no. you able to help in? Any no, way? I was asked to help. Yes, asked yeah. to hold her hand. Yeah, uh, I remember when our uh, daughter, two years previously, had been born, Bryony. Um, there was a man uh, walking the corridors um, and I said, oh, do you want some of my brandy? He said, mm. yes, my wife's giving a breach birth. Yeah. And he was sent out. And yet two years later, I was allowed to stay in. Yes. Uh, and I was, I hope I was helpful for her. You could... Well, there was a time when, uh, you know, the father was encouraged not to be there in any circumstances. But uh, that's yeah. that's all changed. It all it's changed. It's pretty compulsory to be there for 
you know, yeah. a regular kind of birth, but yes, I yeah. don't know what the rules yes, are. Were, were you there at your... Yes, yes, yeah, I've great. Uh, got three children. I was yeah. there for the birth of all of them, yeah. but uh, none of them was were quite as stressful as, as uh, you know, the one you're talking about. Uh, so it was Leamington, Leamington Spa, because by then mm. were you were living in Stratford-on-Avon? In Stratford, uh, just, just south of Stratford-on-Avon. Uh, I was at the National Theatre at the time playing um, Napoleon in Animal Farm. Yes. Playing the lead and doing The Rivals. Uh, I'd just finished Guys and Dolls. I sang the title number in the first production of Guys and Dolls at the National. Yeah. Uh, the Oristaya, uh and... Uh, and that was that was that that was that period. Yeah, and, but, and Carol remains um, a professor of, uh, of, of Renaissance studies at Warwick University. Carol, Carol Chillington. So. Carol Rutter Chillington. Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's that's it's a wonder of the world, and of course, childbirth is always a wonder. It's it's always it's obviously happened to millions, billions of people, but yeah. it, but it's never quite believable. I always think for. You don't quite believe there is a baby in there until it comes out. Until it comes out, and then that that gush from all sides. That, yes, that that sort of uh, uh, bang, as as as, as Ted Hughes calls that, yeah. bang of emotion. Yes, when your baby's born. I mean, I'm sure you've sure. you know gone. It's it's absolute. It's it's and and yeah. and at that time, that's the only baby that's ever been born in the world. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but clearly, what what you're relating in the in 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 summary terms is a huge number of emotions you've gone through in relation to that yeah. birth yeah. and and sadly death that came so soon afterwards. But yeah. uh, and do you? I don't know. It's, it's an odd question to put up, but you know, on stage when you're performing a great role with with tragedy or death or mm. birth in it, uh, do, do you feel you draw on those? Real times, or no, that it's, come, it's, it's, it's much easier on the stage doing it. Yes, I remember watching the mysteries when um, 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 Abraham had to kill Isaac, yes, and that destroyed me. Yeah, doing the same scene or being involved in the same scene a year later when I took over in the mysteries, it, you know, then I'm afraid Dr. Theater takes over, and uh, as much as you want to sort of, yeah, then the sheer process of theater has to come first, and the technique yeah. has to come first. Yes, and I, I know you're a big believer in technique in in the, getting that right to to make sure you're. Clive, when you do something eight times a week, sometimes you've got to do it on technique. Yeah. If you're playing a mass murderer, nobody's got the nobody's got the experience of being a mass murderer. Yeah. And then you know that like the mystery, uh, you've got a mass murderer like Macbeth, and then he gets the news of his own wife's death. Yeah. And then goes into this mystery philosophical yes. tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. You know what's what's an experience? I know. Next to that, you I know. Have what to extraordinary do it speech that is! As you it say, is extraordinary. In, yeah, uh, and it's uh, it comes at an extraordinary time. Yeah, right. Well, we're going to take the emotion down a bit. I okay. think <laughs> for the next wonder, <laughs> which after that, after the first two, is comes slightly surprisingly. Uh, your next wonder is fountain pen or the joy of writing, which obviously I, goes together. I love it, and I'm losing it at the moment as arthritis creeps into my hands, mm. uh, and it's and I'm sad about that. Um, I bought myself a, a, a Mont Blanc pen for my 60th, and I just, I, I, obviously I've written with fountain pens before that, but I just uh, uh, wrote copiously and... Every letter that I got sent to the company, I replied yeah. by hand and got letters of thanks back for writing by hand, all by email, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, yeah. I just love the craft. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I've always maintained a decent hand, mm. but now it diminishes very quickly. I start very good, very well, and then it diminishes. I yes. suppose with age. I mean, I'm not. Uh, 
playing a violin about it particularly. But I do love the written word and I do love ink. Um, I remember my first uh, great uh, claim to uh, power in a classroom was ink monitor. <laughs> in the old days of yes, had... inkwells and, and nibs and... Uh, All right, and, it was... It was... Yeah, it was as old-fashioned as that. As old-fashioned yeah. as that, but yeah. I was clarted in it, you know, hands. And then yeah. I moved up to milk monitor after that, so that was from black <laughs> to white, basically. And then at some point you got your first fountain pen. I or... got my first fountain pen, yeah. and I just adored it. So that was um, a leap forward in technology, the, the fountain pen. From the Mountain fountain pen, yeah. yeah. But you yeah. still had to fill it then. The cartridges oh, yes. came came a bit later. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, the clen the cleanliness of the cartridge was uh, was yeah. not immediate. No, I yes, I'm one or two years uh, younger than you, but I certainly remember cartridges coming in, and yeah. uh, which was an improvement. Uh, but most people, younger people listening to this, might think, "What on earth are you attached to that for?" <laughs> you can send a text within three seconds, within three, or seconds. an email if you really want to set it out, and, yeah. and you can change it around. Why do you want to write with a hand? Saying, "Thank you so much for your kind gift." Of you, what's what's well, the well, joy like, of it? Like a, like a lot of things, it's the humanity of the act. Yeah, you know, it's the physical, it's the physical nature. Um, you know, I, I've, I've never been, uh, well, I, I, I smoked in my youth, uh, but there was some, there was, there was the activity of smoking yes. and the shops with their, with their cigar cutters and their, you know, their, their displays of great yeah. lighters and like all of that side, I, I, I sort of enjoyed. I hate smoking. I loathe it. I yeah. mean, it's one of the best but things. But going, going back to pens. No, you, but going you, back you, to pens, it's you, the paraphernalia. Yeah, the paraphernalia. The paraphernalia, the, 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 the joy of, yeah. the, of, of the paraphernalia and working it to, to suit. Is, is there something that uh, some people have, uh, people close to me sometimes have, is if you're going to write an ordinary letter, you can do it by email, but if it's a letter of condolence or a, uh, or a thank you letter, Sometimes people, are like, oh, that should be done that by a pen. That should be done in by a pen. The way the, the the king or the queen should arrive at the coronation in a horse and cart mm. or horse and carriage, rather, yeah. rather than a, a Rolls Royce or, or a yeah. car, because it's is that part of it? You think it's an attachment to the old way? You can't send somebody a a text saying we're we're splitting up now. You've got to either be there or write it in a fountain pen. Yeah, yeah. probably is. Yeah. There's still I still main I still maintain. The pleasure, and I've got to do it before I have coffee, because when I'm at home and uh, you know I'm, no. there's no, I, I don't have to go anywhere, I always start the day with a pot of coffee. But I've yes. got if I've got any writing to do, yes, I always do it before the coffee because it <laughs> <laughs> the quality diminishes <laughs> with the caffeine. All right, uh, okay. So uh, the, a fountain pen—it's uh, a wonder of the world, and it, it's it's a wonder I suppose people don't use them anymore. I'm even waving around a. Um, you know, uh, it's not even a biro; it's a roller a roller pen, which uh, yeah. most people wouldn't carry a fountain pen anymore. I don't think. No. So perhaps you don't even. No, my, well, mine doesn't. Home. Yeah. Mine doesn't leave my desk because because yeah. it needs the ink and it needs the paraphernalia yeah. and the blotting paper. I still got blotting paper. <laughs> <laughs> That's how old I am. <laughs> oh dear, we'll have to annotate some of these uh, wonders. <laughs> blotting paper. What do you use that for? You know, when you when you take your phone out in the rain, it gets a bit wet. A bit of blotting paper to dry. It'll be useful for that. Montblanc has basically positioned themselves as sort of the brand that people think of when they say name a fountain pen that's a high-end pen that's uh, 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 really well-made and, uh, you know, kind of up there. On the Let's go on to your your fourth wonder, uh, which I think takes us back into more serious uh, territory, and it obviously does. Uh, Bexley Cancer Wing in Leeds. Uh, you put in also the NHS and Royal Marsden, so we're... We're, we're in the area of health. Or... We're in the area of health. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, during the first lockdown in 20, uh, I was right in the middle of six weeks of daily radiotherapy 
for throat cancer. Right. And the NHS, because I live in Halifax, and the and the and Jimmy's St James's uh, uh, Bexley Wing Cancer is in Leeds, they pick you up every day. All oh, right. Now, prior to that, because uh, I don't drive, mm. um, prior to that, they'd gone round the villages and and you know filled up an NHS um, uh, bus and took us all in. On the Monday morning, mm. it was a personal chauffeur because yeah. of lockdown. Right. But I was in the middle of treatment, and the treatment wasn't going to stop. Right. And at the Bexley Wing, I kept hearing this bell. And I said to the receptionist lady, what's the bell? And she says, oh, when a patient's had their last treatment, mm. they ring the bell. But the bell was closed because they couldn't have a cleaner to clean the rope. Yeah. So it was fenced off, the bell, and it hurt me. I mean, it's one of those yeah. things. So when I, later on, months later, when I got the all clear, I bought yeah. a bell off eBay, put it up in my kitchen, and rang its bloody neck, and people, <laughs> all my neighbours thought I was on fire. Yeah, I said, yeah. no, come in, have a yeah. glass of champagne. I've all just right. got the all clear. The other thing that really upset me on that Monday morning was every day for the previous three weeks, we'd been greeted with, uh, a volunteer pianist and playing everything from Chopin to shirt, everything. And that to see that grand piano in the wing closed mm. saying due to COVID. Oh, I just cried. Uh, um, but. Well, I, 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 you know, okay. I, obviously it was a, it was a, unfortunately the piano couldn't be heard, but there were more serious things. There were more serious here. things. Yeah. And, and the Bexley wing, you know, like the Royal Mars, which is the, uh, the national center mm. for cancer and, and spread. And, and in the, you know the whole of the NHS, of which I'm a, a big, big supporter of, and hate uh, any attack on it. Sure. Um, well, that's just to deal with this though. Uh, nobody, nobody wants to get cancer. Right. Nobody wants to get throat cancer. No. But uh, but particularly so. This is the added ingredient. Uh, you make your living from being heard at the from back, from acting, back. from yeah. using your voice. Yeah. You're 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 you've got a huge voice. So. That must have hit you particularly hard. It, it did, and of course they could. They can't guarantee anything, no. uh, right? But they said we don't know about the vocal cord, mm. so I, I had that fear. And then the the double irony was that uh, as an as a performer during the scans for the throat, they discovered lung cancer. Right. So a year later, um, I was having a lung cancer removed by an operation that was scalpel that was taken out. Yes. Um, and so I've, you know, I've had lung and throat cancer. Uh, and at the moment I'm just left with a very long standing prostate cancer. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, not normally going to laugh out of prostate no, cancer, but <laughs> that's kind of, uh, it's where, where all men seem to be heading oh, oh, yeah. eventually. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, the good thing is that none of the three cancers were chemi chemically linked. Mm. They're all primaries. Uh, otherwise, I think it might have been a different story. That's a good thing. Isn't That's it? a good thing. Three primaries. Three is primaries. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Standing for president. Um, so, well, I can understand why you've you've put uh, you know the various aspects of the NHS as a, your wonder. So it was yeah. all a treatment available to you that uh, might have you know if without that, who knows what could have and, happened? And, yeah, indeed. Yeah. And and the, the 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 quality of of care and attention. And yeah. just the humanity of all the people who who, who work uh, in the NHS. Um, yeah, you know, from I took I took a box full of drugs back to my local chemist because different nursing teams see you each day when you're going through this treatment, yeah. and they have different ideas on yeah. nausea treatment. And it took me four before they yeah. I, I found one that was for my body. Yeah. So I, I I took this box of drugs back to my local chemist. 
uh, thinking I was get, doing a sensible thing to get rid of stuff that I didn't need. And then, and I got a stranger I'd never met her before, mm. and she reduced me as if I'd been collecting them, and, yeah. and I felt awful. Yeah. I went in holding the FA Cup to give, and I, I you know, and I left sort of with my tail between my legs, and and she virtually harangued me for hoarding all these drugs, oh. and I didn't have the, I just didn't have the articulation to tell her where they all came from, and I felt awful. Yeah. She was told a fortnight later what had happened, and then she felt awful, and then we'd become friends. But all uh, oh, right, you know, okay, it's oh. all right. But so he, even that person who might have been a tiny blot on the yeah on the on the NHS, uh, that, that, that's it's, all recovered. Yeah, and you've recovered. So, I, and I speak from having been with you for the last few weeks yeah. uh, in this play that I've referred to, and your, I mean, your voice is uh, held up. I mean, all, all of us have had the odd croak every now and then, but your voice held held. Holding up really well. I, I seem to have a good, uh, strong throat. It's a bit. It's a bit. It's, it, you know, it's had its wear and tear. Yeah. But uh, it's 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 still there, and my lungs are as good as ever. Well, I'm sorry to go on about your health, but I I I've, I noticed in an interview or something you you did that you had a, a heart attack of some sort while you were rehearsing uh, to go to Estonia with it. No, I was in Estonia. You were in Estonia, and right. I was rehearsing their national theatre. I was directing uh, Richard the Third mm. in Estonian. In Estonian. Uh, in Estonian. And I had, I know the play very well, so I knew where they were. And, the, you know, the English speaking is very good as well. Yeah. But I, I this awful attack across the back of the shoulders uh, yeah. in, at the night, I didn't know what it was because it wasn't the Hollywood heart attack up the left arm and all no. that. And I just was awful for about three days. I carried on working for three or four days. Yeah. Eventually, I was taken to the clinic and straight upstairs. Yes. And they, they, put, they put the... Um, they put the stent in that night, uh, and the uh, story which I've told, but uh, he said, Mr. Rutter, um, I'm now in your heart. I found the way. I found where the occluded artery is, and I have to carefully remove the blood, and this is going to take quite a long time because I had to do it very carefully. And I was laid on the bed, and I said, well, Doc, I'm going nowhere. The pubs are shut. <laughs> and he started to laugh just like that, and he lifted his hands up very carefully off my body, looked down at me and said, Mr. Rutter, don't make me laugh. I'm in your heart. <laughs> <laughs> so we had another laugh, yes, and then, and yes, then I calmed yeah. down. Yes. Yeah. No, laughter isn't always the best medicine if, you, <laughs> if the doctor's doing it. So so, uh, so uh, we're adding not only the British NHS, but uh, the Estonian health uh, service yes, as well. Estonia, wonders. Very good. And yeah. I was out within 48 hours. And the production went ahead? And the production went ahead. Yeah. I, well, yeah. i tell you what happened. Uh, I rehearsed for four weeks, had the hard start, came back, Put Othello into the West End yes. for, for a fortnight and then went back and did another four weeks and the production in Estonia. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you said it was in Estonian. So what well, you know, now is the winter of our discontent made glorious summer. Yeah. How can you... I can't. Uh, you, no, I no, can't I'm not going to you to do it in Estonian, but how can you tell whether... You can or can you tell? You when, can. Yes. You can, yeah. you can, you can. Because I, I, I also um, issued a, a, a new translation because the translation they were originally using was by an ex-president of Estonia from the 1960s. And even I could tell that it was stilted. Yes. And I said, this sounds really stilted. What's this? He said, oh, it's, a, a, you know, 1960. I said, can we have a new one? So we got a new one. So I worked with the translator. Probably no one was allowed to say if the president hadn't written it particularly no, well. I know, I know Estonia, I know English, I know Shakespeare. Yeah. Take him off. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you mentioned just in passing there, you put Othello into the West End. So are we talking about the Othello played by Lenny Henry? We are. So tell, tell us about this because... Uh... Well, Lenny was doing a programme on Radio 4 
uh, called Lenny and Will about his aversion to Shakespeare. Mm. Uh, and they rang me up just because I was, uh, you know, uh, Northern Broadsides. We were doing uh, Wars of the Roses up at uh, uh, Leeds, Leeds Playhouse. And he rang me up. I spoke to him down the line mm. and it was included in the first episode. Then they did another episode and he invited me down and on mic to direct him doing the final speech of Othello. Mm. Um, which was great fun, and that formed the centerpiece of the second uh, episode. Uh, and he said on on Mike, uh, "Do you think I could play this?" I said, "Lenny, of course you can. You're exactly the right age, fifty. Yeah. Look at you, you know, big, tall, wonderful uh, man. Of course you can." Anyway, months went by, and my dear ex-wife said, "Do you think he'd come to Warwick and do a workshop?" Mm. So I posited it to him, and he bit me hand off. And we had a wonderful day at Warwick. And I said to him, "You've got to do this." It's in your blood. Mm. And from then on, it was a matter of dates and diaries. Yeah. Well, extraordinary because he, um, I know Lenny reasonably well, and he's, he has, he has well, throughout his life, but certainly latterly been looking for, for different outlets for his, let's call it talent. Yes. Uh, his abilities, his ability to appear on stage. And he's done a lot of all sorts of comedies and this and that, but he's going to different areas. And, and Oth but Othello is a challenging role. It's not an easy. It's not an easy under. role. He, he, he said to me once, uh, "Can we start off with something easier?" I said, "What's easier? <laughs> What's easier? You can't walk. You can't walk on a stage being yeah. a secondary actor." No, no, he couldn't be the spare carrier. You could, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he could now because he could play cameo, do what he likes now. But at the time, and you know, I mean, bless him, uh, the critic of the Telegraph, Charles Spencer. In his review, came up to Leeds. He said, I came up to the Leeds, to, up to Leeds for the expected car crash. Mm. I witnessed the best debut of Shakespeare I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. You know, you can't get Well, that's very, that. very honest of him to admit that he was coming yes. ready for he was something ready. dreadful. Yeah. 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 So uh, does that does that rank, uh, you know, in your achievements, do you think? You know, I, think it, I, think, I think it does, it, just in the sheer humanity of the proje project. I mean, Lenny was looking to change his, his life. He was already doing an open university yes. uh, screenwriting course. Uh, and this came up at exactly the right time. Yeah. Uh, and again, a happy accident of, 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 of doing the radio programme. Um, and then when we put it onto radio, uh, Mark... Damask, is it? Uh, Mark Damaza. Damaza. Yeah. Apologies, yeah. Uh, uh, Mark. He said, uh, no, we, we, we won't do this on Radio 3 because we want to keep it on Radio 4. It started on Radio 4. We're yeah. going to have it. So we put it on radio, on Radio 4, which yeah. was nice. It's, a, it's an extraordinary range of things that uh, Lenny's done because he was in alternative comedy, but he was in comedy before alternative comedy and he's been in sitcoms and he's been in movies yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and latterly... Uh, well, a reasonable amount of serious drama he's done, but that's about indeed. Is, is uh, maybe you get him into doing uh, Greek Greek tragedy as well? He could, uh, well I in Estonian. I'll oh, push him in to the Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at BlueNile.com and remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. All right, let's go on to your fifth um, wonder, which is British arts creativity. So... Um, that's, that could take in a lot. Well, it it, it, it takes in the whole uh, of the British art because we are in this country, Britain, It is it, we have the most depth of creativity in art than anywhere else in the world. Mm. There are pockets. There are great pockets. But in depth, the British creativity is, is, is utterly, it's bottomless. It's, mm. a, it's an abyss of, 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 of magic, I think. Uh, and uh, there are many reasons for this. Maybe the English language, uh, the BBC, which you know creates and has outlets for all of this, and theatres, and film, and television. And the the the, the reason uh, that it's um, a wonder is that I believe the arts they've never asked for a lot of money. They've only ever asked for enough. Mm. We're not greedy in terms of arts. Um, we're certainly not uh, greedy when it comes to government interference in arts, mm. uh, of which their their uh, history is pathetic. Yeah, uh, and one party might be a little bit better than another, but all parties are not very good when it comes to uh, every single fiscal argument yeah. about funding the arts and what that sends back to the coffers of the chancellor has has been one hands down time immemorial. The fiscal uh, sums add up for the nation, but it's about the imagination. Yeah, that's what it. That's the key. And the British imagination, in terms of creativity, is the world's leading one. Well, the trouble with government is it's always having arguments about money for whether it's the health service, whether mm. it's uh, defence, whether it's potholes in the roads. And arts is one of those things that, okay, in times are good, you can say yes, we'll put something into the Royal Opera House, but then things get tight. And then uh, it's it's one of the first candidates to be trimmed down because it looks as though you're doing something to save money to say right yeah. the the rich people at the opera will have to pay for it themselves and, and that's sort how of it's, argument. and yeah. that's how it's couched yeah and yet the creativity in the arts is much deeper than that yeah. and simpler than that um, you know it's it's less than half a billion that the arts get but now we're, we're you know we're clogged in with sport and media as yeah. if. <sighs> <laughs> you know, oh dear. so how did you find it when you're doing uh, Northern Broadsides? Were you were you a recipient of Arts Council? Yes, funding? we were, and I was grateful. I'm not attacking the Arts Council as such. It's yeah. just that you know, when Chris Smith became a culture minister under Blair in '97, he said, "I want artists to tell us what to do or to join in the argument." Well, yeah. I was joining in the argument from '92. <laughs> I wasn't exactly attacking people. I was attacking um, uh, other uh, other parts of of, of the ethos. Um, uh, but I won a big award in 2000, which uh, shamed the Arts Council into, into funding Northern Broadsides properly. Your Creative Britain 2000. The Creative the, Britain. The Creative. That's, that's, and it came with a big sum of money as well. £100,000 yeah. for the company. Right. So I gave myself and my CEO a pay rise. 
<laughs> well, you went out for a slap-up meal, I hope. We to, did. To we went to rules. <laughs> we went to rules, yeah. yes. Slap-up meal. Yeah. Um, so uh, you're obviously doing something right in somebody's eye, eyes then. But but is that a? there's always a risk, isn't there, when you're in the receipt of a sum of money, which is vital to whatever organisation. I mean, yeah. the recent example is something like the English National Opera. They've, they receive plenty of money, but suddenly somebody says, right, well, if you're going to carry on getting that money, you've got to move from London to Manchester. Yeah. Or, or it could be the, you know, another one just loses money yeah. altogether. And then you're, you're stymied. You're, you're, you yeah. rely upon it and it's gone and but, that can happen. But the thoughtlessness of that is, is, is crass. I mean, what's Opera North doing in Leeds? Opera yeah. North do wonderful work. Yeah. You don't need another Northern Opera House, yes. uh, only 40 minutes down the road. Yeah. Uh, you might in London with a population of eight million, yeah. But you know, it's it it, it, it. so the crassness of uh, of judgments, yeah. Uh, in terms of the arts, and they always couch it in money, yeah. The money has been won hands down. It's between four and seven pounds goes back to the coffers for every pound in subsidy. Yeah. So it's worth yeah worth spending the money on if yeah. that argument uh, stands up. Yeah. yeah. So where does your creativity come from? We've we've touched on your background a bit uh, because you know in in your street uh, in your house uh, where there there were different people did, they didn't all become artists or actors or directors. No, no, no. I, I think I, I probably have been a I, I, you know I, I remain a magpie. Yeah, you know I I pick up ideas and 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 want to run with them and uh, you know I'm not short mm. of uh, of ideas. What Tony Harrison calls artistic cholesterol yes um but now that i don't have a company i'm no i'm no longer a a a, 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 a manager then mm. it's tougher to get them out yeah but i'm not short of them no um i just have to find other people to fund them now yeah <laughs> but I'm, i was sort of, sort of in your dna or in your your, your upbringing you know what's the because i think you had quite a uh, I don't know how to describe a tough upbringing uh, uh you know difficulty it, or, it, or not it so, was yeah. denuded of anything mm. Um, that, 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 you know, you could look back on my life and say, oh, that's where you got it from. Nothing. I got it all from school. Yeah. And all from that sort of experience. Yeah. I'm not de 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 decrying it or denying it, but, I, you know, there wasn't a book in the house. Mm. My dad yeah. wasn't bothered. Yeah. He got News of the World on a Sunday and the tidbits on a Thursday, and that yeah. was it. Yeah. On an old Daily Mail every day. Yes. And that was the only reading material in the house. And I, I, mean, I, I don't know, explain all the complexities of your family background. You've mm. got brothers or half brothers, yeah. and they're, but they've done well in different ways. Some of them. Um, I've, I'm the eldest of four boys, all to different fathers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the one next to me worked in the NHS all his life. The one uh, after that lives in Bristol. He's he was a, a psychiatrist of some sort, and if anybody needed a psychiatrist it was him because he was a mess and the other one i the fourth one I, yeah. I i i first saw him when he was about three weeks old in a crib and haven't seen him since right so that's uh so it's a an interesting family structure yeah right. but so you didn't exactly fall out but you weren't kind of with each other there was no there's no need to be with each other you know no. our various fathers took us yeah. as my mother uh, you know played her field um, and, uh, and various fathers took us away. So you were in, in Hull, but you, you went down to London for, for a while to live with the an aunt? National Youth Theatre. Yes. And, and, and then I went up to college 
uh, Royal Scottish Academy of Music and Drama in Glasgow. Uh, in Glasgow, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, they had a trunk service. There was a lorry service between Hull and Glasgow. That's why I chose Glasgow. So I could, because I had no money, so I could get up there for 10 bob. So, so you had to sign off as a, as a creative haddock or something? And, and, uh, well, they took up, no, 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 they yeah. took up uh, a much, much bigger stuff than that. Oh, right, it, okay. It wasn't, oh, it wasn't a fish sorry. firm. No, it's no, all right. Okay. It's all right. It wasn't fish. It wasn't. Yeah. Uh, it was all big goods. So Im- impacting on you as you know the the the, the start in Hull, uh, a bit of time in in London, mm. the National Youth Theatre, which mm. people will have heard of some more than others. So yeah. it's it is it's what it is. It's a national organisation. A lot of people, a lot of actors have got a yeah. good start in life. So it's if you're good at acting at school, but you want to take it a bit further, then, then that's that's that's, a, yeah. that, that's an outpost for yeah. that, that you can go to, yeah. yeah. Uh, then uh, in, in Glasgow, I think they call it the Royal Conservatoire. It's Conservatoire now. now yes, yeah. but it, anyway. I'm not, I'm not officially on their books because I left before my diploma. Well, why did you do that? Because I got a wonderful <laughs> job playing nipple in Little Malcolm and his struggle against the eunuchs all around Europe, first oh. class. Thank you very much. I'm going. <laughs> Nineteen sixty-eight, at okay. the time of the riots. Right. In in in, in, in Paris. In Europe, were, in, were you? Were you? Look, start, un, unluckily, we didn't play Paris, but we played Brussels. Yeah. Uh, me, Ken Cranham was in the uh, was in the cast, and we had armed guards with a machine gun yeah. from the journey from the um, dressing room to the stage. Yeah. Because students Europe wide had took over theatres. Yeah. And we were doing this sort of. Quasi Yorkshire revolutionary play written by David Hallowell, which yeah. is superb. And, and well, maybe they'd have come in and supported you and uh, cheered you. you never they, they might have done, but they, they wouldn't have got <laughs> past the guns. <laughs> so that was an important uh, time of your life then, to when it all sort of was coming together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then I joined the profession, uh, yeah. and I, I went, uh, I went away um, to spend a year at Nottingham Playhouse, which you could do then. You could spend a full year, yeah. doing that. Yeah. And then you've done RSC as well. So you've you've done RSC you, ten years at the National, yeah, and then twenty five years with my own company. Sure, and you and you mentioned you uh, in passing there. You were in because Guys and Dolls is back on a stage of the, uh, the new a newish theatre in London, the Bridge Theatre. But yep. you were at the National, an epic production, of, the, the very first one. Yeah, directed well, not quite Richard. the first because wasn't it on in nineteen fifty three or something? Yeah, but that was the Americans. Yes, Richard, okay. Britons had this never first done it. British, first, first British, first British, Richard, yeah, so. and it was Bob Hoskins, Julie yeah. Covington, Ian Charlson, uh, Julie McKenzie. They were the front four, yeah. and then there was David Healy and myself, and we two sang the title number. Yeah, so. Um, you know, you do Greek drama, Shakespeare, you direct Estonian musicals, <laughs> French theatre as well. And Is that it... directed The Tempest in Greek in yeah. Cyprus. Oh, right. <laughs> and uh, was your Greek up to doing that? Or I could you... get by, but again, the English is terrific. It, it, it's knowing the plays as well and knowing where the actors are. Yeah. By the sound and the, you know, and uh, yeah. that that sort of uh, that sort of. And so, your deep knowledge of Shakespeare has that come from being in lots of productions, or have you studied it, as it were, or studied his works purely practice? Yeah, uh, uh, Clive, I, I don't make any claims. If you want a Shakespeare scholar, go to my dear ex-wife. Yes, uh, who has a w- wonderful creative and like a encyclopedic uh, yeah. brain on it. I no, mine's mine's purely practice. Yeah, but that's but that's a a good way of ne- knowing it because uh, yeah. that's what it that's what he was writing for exactly. Yeah. Well, it, 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 it was only because uh, actors were nicking parts of the play and therefore other share of companies were earning money yeah. that they were written down in the first place. Again, it's all about money. 
<laughs> they were only written down for money. Yes. Were, uh, plays were not works. Yeah. Ben Johnson was virtually kicked out of London in his own lifetime for including plays in his complete works. Yeah. Well, and, you know, all of them, uh, you know, you have problems with the Arts Council nowadays, but he had to be uh, okay with the Queen and then the King, uh, the King's company yeah, or yeah. whoever's company, and, and the city authorities either did yeah. or did not allow them to be yeah. in the city. You couldn't yeah. have women on the stage. You certainly couldn't no, uh, but be we too mustn't, harsh we, on... We, we, mustn't, we mustn't think that that period where Shakespeare was writing, that he sat thinking... Oh God! If only we had female actors. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't the world. No, no. So no. We, I mean, we, yeah. we we mustn't put our our social jumps that we've made and leaps and bounds back sure. onto the past. No, no. I, I know, but it does it does show you can create great art within quite a restricted world of yeah. And and, and now, of course, you get psychological uh, uh, treatises on on Clytemnestra and Cleopatra. Yes. They were men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So in this time of austerity, how much taxpayers' money should really be spent on the arts? Yeah, a theatre, in many cases, is not just a place where people go uh, at 7.30 in the evening. I mean, if you take the place, for example, we have a 300-seat theatre, but our building is open seven days a week from early in the morning till late at night. Hundreds and thousands of people come through our doors. All right, let's go on to your sixth wonder, um, which is, again, it's a slightly complicated putting, but I see where you're going. Christopher Hitchens and Stephen Fry's debunking of the supernatural. So this is a this is your wonder is atheism or an atheistic approach to life as demonstrated by those it, well, two two examples. It's also the amazement at how bloody stupid the human race is <laughs> to think that there is something some cosmic designer yeah. who's designed all this when we know very well that in billions of years time our sun's going to burn out Andromeda is going to take over our galaxy and then Andromeda itself will implode and yeah. there will be nothing. There will be absolutely... So what's he designing, this this great sort of supernatural being? Well, it, I mean, it's, 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 plan, it's planned... He's planned obsolescence, isn't it? But it's over yeah, but, millions, millions yeah, of yeah, years. Yeah, but then what happens to him? What does he do then? Well, well we, 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 we won't be around. Well, no. he must sit up with... I'm, I'm duty-bound to put the... Pro uh, pro God argument. In well, this. you might yeah. be duty bound, but you haven't got an ounce of evidence, <laughs> which is why Christopher Hitchens is such a, a wonder because yeah. he taught himself Arabic to read yeah. the Quran in its own language. He taught himself other. He's absolutely no, and he can yeah. never be bested. Yeah, well, he. he I mean, you're, we're, we're touching on the Hitchens razor is is, is a term used because a modern version of an argument, uh, which is uh, what is asserted without reason may be denied without reason. Yes. So um, so if somebody says there's a God, uh, well, it's up to the up to them to prove there's a God, and you can just say, well, no, there isn't, and that's the that's the argument yeah. over until something comes along. Yeah, but it's good that, uh, that it's good that um, um, Hitchens' um, um, uh, acolytes, Stephen Fry, uh, uh, Ricky Gervais, whatever else they do and whatever else they accomplish, I will support. Uh, uh, applaud them for their debunking uh, of, uh, of of the, of often the misery yeah. of, of of a belief in the supernatural. And at the same time, like Jonathan Miller always says, he knows he knew his life would be less uh, rich without the paintings, without the superstructure, without the um, the stonemasonry and the mm. songs and the theatre that come out of it. However, a basic belief in someone up there dictating and what is just. <laughs> well, uh, yes, I was going to going to say because you've mentioned the mystery plays that you've you've been in, yeah. that you've uh, participated in, and I would think, well, you know, at least half 
the works of uh, theatre touch yeah, upon a religious upon belief. It. And the King James itself. Yeah. I have a copy. I like reading it, Clive. It's yeah. great English. Yeah. It's wonderful English. It is one of the literary wonders of the world. Yeah. What it purports is absolute claptrap. Well, I mean, Stephen Fry's uh, great thing was, uh, I've discussed with him um, when he was asked on a TV programme to, you know, what would you say to God? And uh, his his way of dealing with God was such a sort of talking down to God, and only only Stephen Fry could imagine doing. Well, what sort of world have you created here with uh, with children getting cancer and parasites getting? Well, you ju- you just haven't done well enough. <laughs> yeah, just haven't done well enough. <laughs> so you really want there to be a God, so that so, so, so that Stephen, Stephen can, can uh, admonish yeah, him. Yeah, yes. and then may then may the world be improved, will be more rational. But maybe that's not the point of God. Um, but do you do? You, is this something that you, you you've included this as a wonder of the world? Is this something that's in the forefront of your mind a lot. Do you have a lot of arguments with people about this? Or? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. And in the end, all I, can, all I can say is, well, I believe it. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's, you know, as long as you can keep the, the, yeah. the argument humorous and all like that yeah. and, and, and factual on, on the factual side of it. Yeah. There was no such thing as a census. Yeah. In Philippi or whatever. <laughs> they, 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 you're yeah. in a bloody desert. Yes. You know, and as as uh, Hitchin says, why why wasn't this message from this uh, uh, cosmic designer sent to China where they had reading and writing? Yeah. So that therefore there could be some discourse and discussion about it. No, it was sent to a desert. Well, um, God moves in mysterious ways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, God, God is all given a free pass on a lot of this. It's a mysterious if we don't understand it. If there's a lot of death and destruction but one person is miraculously pulled from the rubble. We thank God we thank for, God. That, for that one thing. So, it's, it's, in, it's in our DNA. We grow up with yes. it, don't we? I mean, all it, things bright and beautiful, all down to God, all the nasty all the, things. Uh, yeah. um, so therefore yes. people have to discuss, you know, Milton, you know, discussing the, you know, the fall of the angel becoming, you know, the, you know, Lucifer and so forth. Uh, that's that's explains the evil in the world to somebody. Yeah, but, you know, they claim it. All the claims, yeah. the word of God. What, yeah. in English? So presumably you do go into a church or two, maybe for weddings, funerals. I love churches. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I love churches. The stone masonry, it's a, it's a craft to yeah. man and woman. Yeah. You know, the stained glass windows are sensational. I love it that Hockney was asked to do one in Westminster Abbey. It's got yeah. sod all to do with, yeah. um, with the supernatural, yeah. his but, stained glass window. But uh, so, so do you at least, I think you were sort of suggesting, you, you do give some credit to religious belief for the inspiration that's been through the ages for whether it's paintings, churches, that, stained glass windows or that whatever. That cannot be denied. Yeah. Uh, and uh, But I'm sure man in all his creativity would have got there in spite of. Suppose it's all true mm. and you walk up to the pearly gates and you are confronted by God. What will Stephen Fry say to him, her or it? I will basically, I'll say bone cancer in children. What's that about? How dare you? How dare you create a world in which there is such misery that is not our fault? It's not right. It's utterly, utterly evil. Uh, look, we're going to have to move on to your uh, seventh wonder, otherwise we're going to run out of time. And interestingly, it's the glory of silence. Ah, oh, Clive. I went to the Europeans uh, final last year with my granddaughters to watch the Lionesses beach. Oh. The noise is just in bloody escapable. Yeah. Outside and inside Wembley, it was it was noisier inside from very early. There's no escape. Yes, and it's it's right through society now. Mm. Um, you know, we're working in the theatre now where they switch the atmos on in the big. You can't escape anywhere yeah. to read or to have a quiet 
time just to you know right. to think about uh, whatever you want to think about. Well, I I didn't know this is where we're going to go, but uh, football matches is a good example because uh, not that there was silence before, but it used to be the case that the crowd of people there in the ground yes. made the noise for maybe an hour beforehand. And at least that's living. And yes. at least that's real. And often it was humorous. But now Sometimes they play it... in very loud music oh. or the sound of crowds from previous you know, years, it, decades. It, 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 I'm lucky where I live in Halifax. It's a very quiet road. It's yeah. beautiful. And the sounds that I get are rather lovely, like blackbirds and mm. uh, the, the local children's school or mm. the sounds of footballers on the, on the moor playing yeah. just 100 yards from me. All, oh, I like those sounds. But the, in, the, the inability to escape uh, these horrible, incessant sounds nowadays yes. is, getting more, is getting more and more right. extreme. No, I, hadn't, I hadn't, couldn't quite work out what you were going to, what were you meaning by that uh, silence? I wondered if, if you, and I now understand, you mean you want a quiet life at least some of the time. I, I just want more. Th th there needs to be more oases. Yeah. Of of calm, of serenity, mm. and uh, I don't know. Maybe churches could give that. I don't know. There you, you know, are. Yes. It, it, with beautiful architecture and and beautiful yeah. singing and stuff like that. Well, I, I think you should. I, I think you should take the time to wander into churches uh, uh, and sit there for a while, and you may recover or discover a, a religious belief. I know, but there. if I take my Kindle into church, I'll somebody say, uh, "Can I help you?" And have you tried God and all like that? <laughs> but that but that's the science. I mean, I was wondering whether you meant you know people keeping quiet, which is a slightly odd thing to uh, encourage in a in a podcast no, or a radio but, or on stage come to that. Because. No, no, I no, but you do get caught out nowadays because a person's walking towards you and they're talking and you think, Oh, what's he saying to me? <laughs> and of course they're talking into their iPod or what yeah. know, iPhone or earlug. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, these uh, the, the assault on the lugs is 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 Yes. I wish it was less. Put it that way. Well, I, I suppose we're we're making a podcast at the moment, so we're rather hoping that there are going to be people walking around. They want to listen to something, <laughs> yeah. and in this instance, they're listening to to you and to lesser extent me in this uh, podcast. But if they're not listening to a podcast, they might well be listening to music. What they're not doing is walking along the street a lot of the time, listening to the blackbirds and the seagulls. And no, so and, and 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 that, that's not available uh, always. But but it's 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 where it's when it's inescapable. Yeah, it's when you're forced into having it at decibels beyond comfort. And have you got um, have you got a way of you know enforcing this? Do you think have you got a way of encouraging people? Uh, uh, no, no, not when <laughs> I'm in those situations. You know, because I like to go to football, I like to go to rugby, and they play this bloody awful stuff. Um, uh, so no, I, I I just try and find the quietest place I can and yeah. open a Kindle or open a book. I mean, this this uh, this podcast is called My Seven Wonders, but uh, I get the feeling from you, you do find aspects of life wonderful. And, oh. And that's what you want to express. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I mean, uh, you know, looking looking across my, uh, uh, my family, I, I say my family rather pompously, only because I'm the oldest, that's mm. all. You know, to three three daughters, three granddaughters, and a grandson. Yeah. Um, looking at all their achievements and being just so, uh, pr pride doesn't really cover it. Pride is a sort of uh, coloured word. I try not to uh, use too much, but the just the sheer the sheer satisfaction that comes right through the body of seeing um, seeing people that uh, you've played a part in their lives uh, get on and be happy. And I'm I'm sure everybody thinks that. 
All right. Well, look, um, thank you, Barry, for doing this uh, podcast, My My Seven Wonders. Um, it's, a, it's a part of it that I have to decide what is the wonder of wonders, the the one which struck me as particularly wonderful, as you described it on this podcast. The, oh, you get you get to you get to choose, dear. Well, it's quite difficult because uh, these are complicated wonders, some of them. But you've described all of them uh, really well, um, and I wonder w- which one would sort of go with you the most. I think I want to concentrate on this one. Um, I don't think I want to include a fountain pen, uh, as I think that's the most wonderful thing. Um, but I think the thing that uh, I'm tempted by language, but I think. For you, uh, and and as argued today, I think British arts creativity. I think that captures your the, the pride of country, the pride of arts, and the pride of creativity uh, uh, as well. If, if you accept the word pride, pride in yeah, this context, sure. Uh, so I'll make that, if if I may, uh, uh, wonder of wonders. A goodly choice. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much, very much. If you enjoyed this episode of My Seven Wonders, it would be wonderful if you could rate and review us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you found us. Thank you for listening. My Seven Wonders with Clive Anderson is a stack production in association with Alaska TV and powered by the Acast Creator Network. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.